Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, January 15, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism, on page 30. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph on page 30, which begins with, we learned that we, and ends with, has to be smashed. Today's readers are Laureen D., Jason S., Matt J.F., Carmela G., and Tenzin P. The recording share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, January 14, 2021, are 16,196 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 16196 and 16,197 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 16197. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laureen D to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, this is Maureen D. from Washington State. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. May I be heard? Yes, good morning, Maureen. Oh, good. Yeah, thank you. Um, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Lauren D. from Washington State. I will now ask Jason S. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Morning, Rebecca. Jason S. recovered in Lacombe, Alberta, Canada. The 12 Traditions of Old Readers Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service and I pass. Thank you, Jason S. from Alberta, Canada. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, 
everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting. On the second paragraph on page 30, we learned that we, through, has to be smashed. I will now ask Matt J.F. to go ahead and read that for us. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Matt J.F. in Louisville, Kentucky, recovered. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. I was struck in reading this paragraph uh, this morning about the transition from illusion in the paragraph above to delusion in this paragraph. And I've, I've never actually known what the difference was in those words before, but I, of course, looked up the definitions this morning. The illusion is something that may be or is likely to be wrongly perceived by someone, but it is, it's the lie. It exists independent of the belief in the lie. Delusion is someone going all in on the lie. It is the lie believed. And that was my experience. Um, when I came into this program, I actually thought, and I had said aloud in the, in the then not too distant past, that I thought that OA was BS, Be, except I didn't say BS. And that I thought that the idea of step one, that I would be powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable, for me, was just ridiculous. I didn't think it was, I didn't even, it wasn't even like, does this apply to me? It was like, how could this apply to anyone? Other people, sure, but not the likes of me. Which was so the height of arrogance, by the way, because I had gastric bypass surgery back in 2003. And while I had maintained a 100-pound weight loss, I was still morbidly obese and still miserable in my life. I, I was really all in on that illusion. And fortunately, because of the, I, I sort of blundered backward into the program. I was not looking for a solution to a problem I did not believe I had when all of a sudden I realized in one instant that I did have this problem and also I didn't want to have it anymore. It was smashed. And smashed means to destroy utterly. I can't cling to any shard of belief that, well, maybe someday, maybe I'll fix this, maybe this, maybe that. And by the way, for me, that doesn't mean that I can't contemplate plans of eating that are out there and think that makes sense, that might work, that might be healthy. Because recovery for me is not about the food, it's not about the weight, it's about conceding fully that I am a compulsive eater, I am an addict. And if I do not accept that fully and completely smash that delusion, 
that maybe not, maybe there's, maybe there's some hope, maybe I'll figure this out, I'm, I'm doomed. So I'm grateful to have been able to read this paragraph today because it just so eloquently and succinctly lays out the requirement. Um, that word smashed to destroy utterly. So if you're a newcomer and your delusion is not yet fully smashed, get out the hammer, start smashing. With that, I pass. Thank you, Matt J.F. from Louisville, Kentucky. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on an, a Vision for You meeting on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 30, we learned that we, through, has to be smashed. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Carmela G. Joanna. Carmela G. And who was after Carmela G? Joanna. Joanna. Katie V. Katie V. F. F. Harlan G. Wait, before I uh, got Harlan, but before Harlan was F S it sounded like? Ev short as Evelyn. S as Oh Ev. Gotcha. Ev S. <laughs> okay. Who was after, who wanted to go after Harlan? Anyone? Okay, well that's the roster then. Uh Carmela G. Pete B, I'll add you. Okay, um, Joe N M, Katie V, Ev S, Harlan G, and Pete B. So Carmela G, go right ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being on the line this morning. My name is Carmela G. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. The delusion. The fact that I spent six decades of my life absolutely denying that I could not control my weight. Food was not going to win, and I wrote that in a journal. I said, nope, I am the master. I can control my food. Food will not win over me. I will lick this. And as I wrote that, I gained and gained, and the food took a stronger and stronger hold, and I went into more and more denial. And when someone suggested to me that I was a compulsive overeater, I looked at them with horror, and I said, I am not. I could do whatever I want, that righteous indignation that I had lied so well to myself, and I had believed it, I believed it in my heart that I could do this. But it was only when this person said, as a compulsive overeater, 
you have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And she spoke of the book. And that is what hooked me. And that brought me into reality. And finally became honest with myself. Because I never thought I was a dishonest person. But the biggest lie I was telling was not to others, but to myself. And today, only through working these steps, can I remain honest, open, and willing to have a director. And that director is not me. That director is my higher power that I call God. And every day I must connect, put that plug in that outlet, wake up and plug in and walk in the sunlight of the spirit only through working these steps daily. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. from New York. Joanne N. Hi, this is Joanne uh, uh, M. Uh, I'm like Nancy, and I'm a recovered compulsive work Easter in a very snowy and cold Sweden. Uh, thank you so much for the service, and thanks for the share so far. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be sharing on this paragraph. It's such an important paragraph, and really a powerful paragraph. It really describes exactly what I did not do when I first came, came into OA. Uh, that I still was had this illusion and the delusion that I was like a normal eater. Uh, I admit that I had some problems, but uh, and I, I, I got a sponsor. I attended one meeting a week. Uh, I started working the steps. I made my own food plan. And, you know, with the insanity, it was a really insane food plan, which basically meant I was in the food still. I hadn't really put the food on. And this, uh, you know, it triggered me to go out for a huge binge. And there I could see that uh, I was a real compulsive overeater, a chronic addict. And with that, I found and I, I got given the desperation that I needed. And I, I searched for recovery uh, with that des- desperation. So coming back, I I worked through the steps uh, quickly and uh, I attended a lot of meetings and, you know, I I worked the program. I I committed to the OA program because I could see that I was screwed. (laughs) I was utterly screwed. And uh, the delusion that I was uh, like other people uh, was really smashed. And that's where I need to be. I I had to have this first, uh, first step experience in order to have any chance to recover. And the, the sad thing or the lucky thing or how you put it is that the food will show me there. And it did. So working through the steps quickly, I got a spiritual experience uh, where the obses- obsession was, uh, and the mental twist was uh, lifted from me, which is a complete miracle. Uh, I still have this desperation. I, I desperately search every day for recovery. I work step 10, 11, and 12 
with the desperation that I found when I had my first step experience. And with that, I stay recovered by God's grace. Uh, I'm so grateful for these meetings. Division meetings has really changed my life for, uh, for sponsorship, good sponsorship within OA, for the steps, how they are outlined in the big book, and, you know, for the fellowship and, yeah, for everything and, and for life. And I came here just, you know, to uh, try to get this under control, try to get the food under control. And I can't control it. This is a disease. I can't control anything. I need to put everything down, not just the food, everything. And admit that I'm complete powerless. Uh, so uh, grateful to be here and grateful for this, for this amazing paragraph today. Thank you so much, Vidata Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne M. from Sweden, Katie V. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Katie V. in Brooklyn, New York, um, recovered. Ooh, compulsive overeater. It feels so good to say that. Um, yeah, the lead was just fabulous. Thank you so much for that. The, the difference between illusion and delusion, you know, going all in on that lie. Wow. Um, I really went all in, all in on that lie. I put all my bets on it, you know, and I looked around at other people and said, why can't I eat like them? You know, um, food delivery was, was my big vice during, I mean, food in general is my vice, right? But food delivery really got me over the course of quarantine. And I would see my roommates ordering food and be like, well, I can do it too. I can just order one thing. And by the time I ordered one thing and ate it, you know, all this food I'm not supposed to be eating, I would be online looking at the next thing I was going to order. And then the next thing and the next thing. And, you know, $300 later, and sick to my stomach, I've eaten enough food for like seven people, you know, and um, it, I just went all in every time saying, it's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time. I can control it. And finally, on August 5th of last year, I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, if I keep going, I'm going to die. And that it just hit me all at once, you know, like, yes, I was a compulsive overeater. And yes, I was going to die slowly, painfully, the way I'd heard about in the rooms if I didn't, if I didn't stop, if something didn't change. And from that moment on, I became willing to do everything that my sponsor told me because I realized that if I didn't, I was dead. And anytime I talk to somebody and I downplay that this is a life and death disease, that we are literally out here fighting for our lives, I'm doing them a disservice. Because for me, to pick up is to die. To eat my trigger foods is to descend into such hell and such darkness, you know, that I, I don't know if I'll ever get out. I don't know where that first bite is going to take me. I could never come back. So every day I wake up desperate. And I love someone else just said that, like, waking up desperate. And I'm desperate to know my creator better because I need the help. I need my higher power or else I'm going nowhere. That's my solution. It's not a meal plan. It's not a sponsor. It's not fellows, which are all great, you know, all necessary. And I, but it's God. God has me. God walks hand in hand with me every day. When I cannot walk, he carries me. Without him, I'm going nowhere. And I just, just thank you for this meeting this morning. I love you guys. Thank you. I pass. 
Thank you, Katie V. from Brooklyn, New York. Beth S., you'll be next, but before you, before you share, let me just tell those who came on the meeting late where, what, we're, what we read. And it is the second paragraph on page 30. We learned that we, through, has to be smashed. And Ev S., go right ahead. Do you hear me? Now I do. Yep, go ahead. Okay, great, wonderful. Uh, Let me just kind of put my timer on so that I know that I'm uh, um, doing well with time. Um, My name is Ev. I'm a compulsive overeater from Summit, New Jersey, and thank you so much for allowing me to share. This is my first time doing this, uh, a vision for you. I've been listening for quite some time. Um, And, you know, the... It's interesting. I've been in OA for uh, 10 years, and um, I've been abstinent since uh, March, um, the beginning of this pandemic, and I'm a healthcare worker. So it's been very, very, very stressful um, in terms of work and also life. Um, but it's, um, it's interesting because I, I, I came from very uh, chaotic beginnings in life. Uh, I was raised by a mentally ill mom who had substance abuse issues and an absent father. And as I grew older into young adulthood, um, I felt that control was, was crucial in my life. I felt that I had to control everything in my life in order to offset uh, the chaos in my life, um, and, and I, I equivocated control with success. And um, so I would, I would always um, have problems with my food, of course. I started out restricting, um, uh, being anorexic, going down to 85 pounds, and then purging, and, um, and then into obesity, going almost to 300 pounds. And um, I, I, was, I was fixed on this delusion that I was not different than anybody else, that I was able to control my food, not recognizing that um, when I eat every day, I'm one of those people who has to eat everything on the plate to the point that it's clean, that it looks like nobody's eaten on it. Um, I I have my allergic foods. I'm very allergic to to sugars and uh, salty, um, uh, crunchy things. And... um, and I, I've, come, I've had to embrace that I am different from other people. Uh, I am not um, somebody that can eat everything. And I thank God, I thank God for, uh, in a way, for bringing me to um, realize that um, because it saved my life. Uh, I'm not going to be 300 pounds, thank God. Um, and as long as I work my steps and I live in a 10th, 11th, and 12th, steps every day, that is certainly key for me uh, to, in order to maintain my recovery, especially during these very, very terrible times in the pandemic. Um, I wanted to let um, all know that I am uh, available for sponsorship um, so, uh, and to work through the steps, so feel free to give me a call, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, F.S. from New Jersey. Harlan G. Uh, Hi, thank you, Rebecca. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
the original working title of this chapter was more truth about alcoholism, and they made Bill take the word truth out of there because they were uncomfortable with how it made them sound like experts on it, which we are not. Most of the information on this chapter comes from Richard Peabody's The Common Sense of Drinking. Richard Peabody got a lot of things about alcoholism wrong, but he got three things right. And all three of these things are going to be illustrated in this chapter. These are the things that he got right. The book was published in 1930. He died of his own alcoholism in 1936. But so vital was this book, was one of the four books that framed the big book, one of the four, so vital that Bill Wilson's copy of The Common Sense of Drinking is in the AA archives as we speak. But there were three things that, Peabody got right. The disease is permanent. It never goes away. The disease is progressive. And in the next paragraph on Monday, we're going to talk about the progressive nature of it. And we're going to see the progressive nature illustrated all through the chapter. In every one of the things that we're going to read, Jim, a man of 30, Fred, the jaywalker, we're not going to see people who were drunk and couldn't get sober. We're going to see alcoholics who had the liquor down for a period of time and picked it up even though it had ruined their life and the progressive nature of the disease overtook them. It's permanent, it's progressive, and it's fatal. We're going to see in the first story that we're going to read next week that the man picked up liquor, man of 30, and within four years, he was dead. The first step is illustrated here beautifully, and this is the last chapter that will, uh, will, will uh, concern itself with the first step. And what is it telling me? That I have to concede to my innermost self that I am not like other people. The delusion, what's a delusion? Something that appears real but is not, that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. I am not like other people, not in a good way, not in a bad way, in a way that says they can eat certain things and not trigger an actual physical craving for more of the same, and I cannot. Food does something for me, not to me, for me, that it doesn't do for them. The world looked at me and wondered, why is he eating like that? And I looked at them and I wondered, why aren't they eating like that? I thought food did for them what it did for me, but they were stronger and better and smarter than me. No, they don't have an illness. They don't have the illness. So with that, I will pass and thank you for your service. Thank you, Harlan G. from Scottsdale, Arizona. Pete B., and then we'll take more names. Good morning. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. Thank you for taking the meeting. Heard a lot of really great things today. I really, I, I really like how Matthew uh, pointed out the, the difference between illusion and delusion, you know. And like, I like to point out the difference between the first step and step one in recovery, because we hear a lot about, you know, the the you know, step one, it's the, it's the only step I need to do perfectly, right? Um, but the difference between admitting and conceding 
are significant in my humble opinion, right? Because it's, it's easy to admit things that I don't really understand, right? It's easy to just say, well, yeah, I guess that's what I am, right? I, like, you know, I admit I'm a compulsive overeater. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fat. I eat too much, right? Like, that's what it means, uh, you know, I, I guess. Um, but, you know, concede means to admit something is true or valid after first denying or resisting it. Right. And I had to concede, which, which implies to me that I, in order to concede it, I have to understand it. And up until this point, we've done a great deal of reading from the doctor's opinion, from Bill's story, and there is a solution explaining the nature of this condition, right? The points of it that are super, super significant, that no human power could relieve it that I'll never assemble an effective mental defense. Right here where it says the delusion that we are like other people has got to be smashed. You know, if you ask me, the, step, the, the thing that we, that, that we fall short on is this first step in why we go out and pick up. And, you know, we will hear different things like it's, you know, I, did, I didn't do enough, uh, you know, I did the third step wrong or I didn't do the fifth step right or I don't do enough 10 steps and all of those things. The step that people that, that I know for me that I fell short on all the time is that the delusion that I am like other people was never smashed. Right? I would lash on, I would latch on to what you do and say, well, if you do it, then I could do it. Or if I, if I'd lash on to what you say, well, if you say it, then, 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 then I'll say it. Right. Like the delusion that we are like other people has got to be smashed. Right. We like, it's not the, it's not the, the, the falling short in the, in, in the, in, in the steps where I get derailed. Right? It's in the falling short and conceding to my own self that like the, the dependence and reliance upon humans, the 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 the, the idea that I'm 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 in some kind of management program, right, where I'm gonna manage my emotions, manage my food, manage my my feelings, right? Like all these things. No, I I, they, they, I fall short because I rely on human instinct. I rely on on, on my on my my mental defense. Right. Right? Like, what, 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 did you say time? I did, Pete. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> you want to go cut it off right then and there? Yeah, it's fine. I, I'll take my three minutes. <laughs> I, you know, okay, Pete. I, I would have let you finish up a little. But thanks so much, Pete um, B. from Pennsylvania. And um, I have... Uh, I think we have time for six more people to give me your name and uh, first initial of your last name and where you're from. If you'd like to share on the second paragraph on page 30, we learned that we through has to be smashed and you haven't shared on Wednesday and Thursday. So please press star one to unmute if you'd like to give me your name. And don't all speak at once. Melissa Lauren and Leah. Now everyone, now everyone did speak at once. Okay, so wait, wait, hold up for one sec. Did I hear a Melissa? Yes, Melissa P. P as in Peter. You got it. Okay. Lauren N. Lauren N. Lauren L. Someone L. Say it again. Dara L. 
Dara L. Rita R. Was it Rita R? Yes. Rita R. And who else did I hear? Leah S. Leah S. I got you, Leah. And was there another? Was it Kathy R? Is it Kathy? Jackie. Jackie. Jackie R. Thanks for sticking with me. Okay, I think that's our six. Melissa P., Lauren N., Dara L., Rita R., Leah S., and Jackie R. So, Melissa P., please go right ahead. Melissa P., we're looking for you to share next, which would require you to unmute your phone. Here I am. I'm unmuted now. Sorry about that. Uh, Good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa P., compulsive overeater in recovery from Buffalo, New York. Um, You know, right, like I thought that I could be like other people. You know, early in recovery, I thought that I could show up at parties and wing it you know, or just not eat, Um, you know, that I could be like other moms on playdates at the playground and and act in a way and do certain things. And, you know, what's, what's amazing to me is that when I stopped wearing these lies like a blanket of shame, there was something to be uncovered about me and what miracles I've been able to experience in my life when I just stopped fighting, right? I conceded, and I I love that share before me that that putting down the food, people call that step zero, but right, like I'm not going to put down the food if I still think I have options. I still think I have power. I am powerless, so powerless, not just over you know, what I put in my mouth, but how I interact with people, how I jump the gun and I get angry really easily, you know, and, and for me, I don't, I don't have to wear that delusion like this cloak of shame anymore. I I walk a free woman today, Um, you know, and it's not easy. I racked up a pretty, pretty heavy 10th step yesterday at my school And thank God I'm not like other people because I had a sponsor that got to remind me this morning that I had to show up as an agent of God, not as God at my, at my school. You know, I had a whole phone list of people that I could call to talk this over and see my part, right? Not have someone co-sign my shenanigans. Um, You know, and that, that all started when I was able to, to wave my white flag. No more. I'm not like other people. And thank God. Thank God. Because when I stopped pretending that I was, God sent out a a beautiful lasso to me so I didn't have to wander aimlessly anymore. And he pulled me right in to all of you in this book and these steps. And I'm just, you know, life isn't easy, but this is the most beautiful, beautiful landing pillow that I could ever jump off of into my daily life. And hand in hand with my creator. And you know what? There are things that I have to do differently, but the miracles on the other side of it, I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Melissa P. from Buffalo, New York. Lauren N. Good morning, everyone. This is Lauren N., compulsive overeater sugar addict from New York. Wow. Um, thank you all for all your shares and for all for this reading. Um, the delusion that I had not that I did not have a disease was really something I lived in for years and years. Sorry, almost almost as someone else says on this on this line, five and a half decades of multiple different types of weight loss schemes, thinking that it was all about my weight and my food and my, and my, not that it was, that was my solution. It was all about what I could eat or couldn't eat. It was all about changing my intestines because I did that too many years ago, having had no choice. I was on the way back up again. I gained 20 of my 80 of my 100 pounds that I had in bariatric surgery and was still thinking I could do this. On my own, I knew better than anyone else. Wow, did I have to be totally out of options before I was able to come here and believe that I too have this disease, that this disease is in my mind and no matter what I do, that changing my internal Body, body will not fix it. I need to do this in my mind because that's where it lies. The illusion and the delusion had to be totally smashed. I have this. I have this every single day. I wake up a totally out of options compulsive overeater. And I only with this with you, with this plan and this little bit blue book, can I remember that I have options today? And those options are to hold on to my higher power and know that my higher power has a better plan for me. And with that, I am going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren, and from New York. Um, before you go, Dara L., I just want to let you know that Leah S. texted me. She has to back out of her slot. So, Jackie R., you're going to go after Rita R. And Dara S., you're next, then Rita R., then Jackie R. Dara oh, great. Thank, thank you so much. I'm Dara, um, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, this paragraph is really... Um, it's it's startling to be back here. Um, so I never persisted in the, I mean, I never really had the delusion that I was normal around this stuff. I, I um, in my teens and 20s, I was inpatient institutionalized 18 times for anorexia and bulimia. I couldn't live a normal life. I was not 
a functional person. Um, I never knew how anyone could be functional with, <laughs> with the disease of compulsive overeating. Um, and then I found OA and it saved my life. Um, and I had such a, an intense spiritual awakening that after two years of abstinence, I thought I didn't have the, pro the problem, stopped going to meetings, um, relapsed horribly, um, came back again, had another two years of abstinence, um, thought I didn't have the problem, walked away, um, uh, relapsed horribly, came back again, had five years of abstinence, um, and now I'm coming back after a year and a half of um, a terrible, terrible relapse. And um, so I know that my experience has been that there that the difference between admitting that I have a problem and conceding it um, is probably the willingness to continue showing up every single day and doing the work. Um, and I think that um, the stories that follow about people who, the, in whom the problem had been removed, who you know went back, um, that's my story. Um, and and I and I think that part of it is believing that um, you know. I can do it on my own if I just, you know, know that I'm mentally and bodily different. Like I, I don't, um, there's a way that my mind will lie to me and that even if the delusion has been smashed, um, it comes back, you know, it comes back if I stop doing this program as it's laid out. Um, and I've experienced that so many times. And I think coming back now after a year and a half relapse, I'm, I'm really scared of my brain because it's so, convincing and the disease the disease is so convincing um and if i'm not putting my faith and my trust in a higher power and working the steps and having someone else that i can be open and honest with uh, a sponsor like i i will i will fall for its lies even given um having been in inpatient institutionalized 18 times having declared bankruptcy almost losing my colon having had seizures as a result of this um and even given the fact that OA has given me an incredible life every single time I've worked the program, like I will fall for the lie that I can walk away and that I'm okay and I don't need you people or this program anymore. So anyways, I'm really glad to be back um, and really glad for the strength and the recovery that I hear at this meeting um, and I will pass. Sarah L., are you from Pennsylvania? I think Dara L. is from Pennsylvania. She probably muted already. Thank you, Dara L. And you may have said I'm not yes. sure. Yes, uh, Philadelphia, oh, great. Pennsylvania. Good. Yep, Got Philadelphia. It. Thank you. Thank you for your share and letting us know where you're from. Rita R. Oh, Hi, this is Rita. Oh, Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I do now. Go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you, moderator. Thank to all the fellows um, here on this line today. Such great shares. The beginning was just fabulous. Um, I I guess I wanted to, I really am learning that um, this program is not about food and that I don't just lie about who I am um, which is a compulsive overeater, but I lie about my character and I have to concede that I'm sick um, when a reader still tries to run the show and I still do if I do not stay close and work this program every day. 
Um, yesterday, I was uh, I ate some humble pie, and I'd like to share the lesson that I learned from that. Um, you know, um, by you know, by the grace of God, uh, staying close to the program yesterday, I knew I needed to do a tenth step. Although I, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to be hit over the head. I don't, I don't know how I could ignore it. It was so awful. Um, and, um, and I did, and I thank the fellow who heard from me, who tolerated the justifications and rationalizations that, um, my ego couldn't stop from, um, in, you know, uh, talking during the, the 10 step inventory. I learned, um, you know, truths about myself that really hurt. Um, I, I heard another, um, and you know, it's really, really true that when, um, for me, when I heard others, I really hurt. And afterwards I started to lick my mental wounds and start to climb down the self pity ladder. And then, um, gracefully, uh, thank God, I, um, I, I realized I didn't complete my 10th step. So I did my prayers, I made my calls, I had wonderful conversations. I believe that this willingness, this action that I took led to um, me having even more revealing dreams about the work that I need to do to change the things I can. And I learned that, you know, I might, you know, need to take more responsibility for for me, I'm still dependent or, you know, in a lot of ways and not fully self-supporting. Um, and um, that I really need to set boundaries and I, and so, um, which I would prefer that you would set for me. Um, hello. <laughs> so I just, um, this really is uh, a, a, okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I passed. Rita, our, where are you from? Massachusetts. I thought so. I heard it in your voice. Thanks oh, so God. much, Rita R. <laughs> from Massachusetts. And Jackie R. Jackie R. It's your turn. Jackie, can you unmute your phone? Star one or the mute button on your phone? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I, I could hear. Can you hear me now? Now we can hear you, Jackie R. Okay. Let us know where uh, you're from. I'm from Gloucester, Massachusetts. And um, I just wanted to comment that that paragraph brought to mind a situation that happened after the first or second meeting. I went to a meeting two days in a row, and when I came home, I sat on the steps inside the house going up to the bedroom, and I just started to cry, and I started to yell, and my husband said, what the heck is the matter with you? And I told him that I found out that I had a disease, 
And I told them what it was. And I, the people at those meetings really helped me to know immediately the disease that I had. And my big concern was, oh, my gosh, no one's going to feel sorry for me. Because this is a disease that most people don't identify. They don't even know it exists. Why don't I have polio or why don't I have something else? Because then people would feel sorry for me and would be in there. Um, It's like my attitude, and I didn't even know it was, if I don't get caught, it doesn't count. If I don't get caught, it doesn't matter. And... um. It was the whole fact of me being selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, dishonest. I wanted to, I didn't mind having a disease. I didn't care what it was, but I wanted everyone to feel sorry for me and to be there to help me. Boy, that really revealed a whole lot in those first two meetings. And thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Jackie R. from Boston, Mass. We have time for one more person to share who would like the slot. Claire E. from the UK. Claire E., it's all yours. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you so much. Um, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Um, thank you to everyone who shared a, what a powerful um, couple of lines of the big book. Um, and I really enjoyed what's been said about the delusion, uh, which is a firmly fixed held belief, despite you know held all despite all evidence to the contrary. And um, I think at some level I did know I was different to other people, and I think this encompasses everything about my illness. You know, I'm physically different, I'm mentally different, and I'm spiritually different from people who can eat normally. Um, but I guess the difference for me now is that I accept that. And for me, this this couple of lines speak to me of complete surrender rather than compliance, you know, rather than kind of knowing it and trying to make myself different, which is what I did for years and years and years, is force myself to be different and fail every single time. For me, this sort of, you know, fully conceding to my innermost self is a complete surrender. And I've been reading a bit of um, Harry Tebow's work recently, which talks a lot about surrender. And it's sort of talks about surrender being different from compliance compliance is agreeing with my mind and knowing intellectually I've got a problem but surrender is that deep depth I'm out of ideas I can't do this and it talks also about surrender being followed by peace and um, acceptance um, versus compliance being followed by still argument fighting it warring at it and for me it's a really different experience when I surrender um, and it, you know I, it, it's a it's a giving up the ghost it's holding my hands in the air I can't do this um, and it feels very different to, I'll just see if I can do, you know, I'll just see if I can, <laughs> holding on in the back of my head that someday, one day, as it says later in the book, I'll beat the game. Um, and, it, you know, also talks a lot about um, surrender not being a one-time experience. You know, if I, if I don't take steps to continue my surrendered state, my ego will resurge, and that is absolutely 100% guaranteed. Um, so I, can need to, I need to have a surrender every day. I need to continually work on my surrender and I do that by working with other people, by listening to meetings, by reflecting back on what it is, through working back through the steps again, through taking 12 steps, uh, so 10 steps and doing 10 steps myself. Um, because I have to be constantly surrendered to the fact that I just don't know what's best for me. I, do, I don't have ideas here and I need a power greater than myself for, um, for abstinence, but bigger than that, for, for sanity and for um, peace, for peace in my life. 
Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the sharing today and thank you so much for hearing me. I've got, well, I've got a little slot at the end. Bless you to everybody. Have a good day. Thank you, Pass. Thanks, Claire E. from the UK. And thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. That was quite a, a action-packed little paragraph there. Um, the share ID number for this meeting, Friday, January 15, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 16,202. That's 16202. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Carmela G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you so much. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past, of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.